I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and it is Friday. And not only is it Friday, it is a game day for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they travel to Charlotte, North Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. My goodness, it's finally done, and I say that meaning the NFL preseason. It is in the NFL preseason's third week. The Steelers' fourth game due to the Hall of Fame game. And after this week, it all gets all too real. But we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. Trust me, with the extra week, we're going to have almost two weeks between the preseason and the regular season. There's going to be a lot to discuss, a lot to unearth, a lot to kind of disseminate. We'll put it that way when the Steelers make their final roster cuts as they then prepare and, and we get to news you know news about TJ Watt's contract Stefan Tuitt's return uh, there's just so much that we're going to have to un- have to uncover in that time between that limbo period between the preseason and the regular season and we won't get to all that just yet there's no need to we'll we're going to take it one step at a time one step at a time i feel like that's a song i just don't know what song it is anyways uh, remember BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check it out early and often as we have everything that you could want to leading up to the game tonight, everything from how you can watch, which, by the way, people ask me all the time, Jeff, how can I watch? Yeah, there are some streaming services on there online, but to me, they're kind of sketchy. I'm not trying to get a virus on my computer or anything like that, so you could go that route if you want. It is the last preseason game. You can sign up for a free 
week trial of NFL Game Pass, in which case you would get to watch the game and then just cancel that after the seven days. You could do that as well. And if you want to get the Game Pass, you can watch all of the games. Uh, For me, I'm fortunate enough that my parents who live in the Pittsburgh Ewing area, even though it's Wheeling, West Virginia, they have what's called a sling box. Now, sling box has changed so much. It's changed dramatically. Uh, But it used to be a physical device that would hook up to your DVR, your cable box, and you could watch your DVR, your TV, wherever you were, on a plane, in a hotel room, doesn't matter. Well, we use it in a different way. Uh, my <laughs> my brother and I are able to watch uh, things like out-of-market Steeler games or Pirate games or Penguin games. Whatever my dad's watching, typically, we can tune into Slingbox and watch it. So I'll be watching it live via Slingbox, and so that'll be pretty cool. And it's the last time I'll have to do that because I don't miss any regular season games. But still, wherever you're going to find out, if you don't know how to find it, you can listen to it on the radio. We have all that information on the how to to how to watch article Dave Schofield does every single game day. So check that out as well as all the commentary, players to watch, which is what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. Speaking of podcasts, though, make sure you also follow us wherever you get your podcasts in case you just stumbled upon this show. We have so many things other than my Let's Ride podcast, so many shows. The platform is just booming, not just booming with downloads because it's been remarkable. We are close to setting a new monthly record for downloads, and we haven't even gotten to the regular season. That's remarkable for me. It's just absolutely remarkable, and a huge thanks to all those that listen, not just to my show, but all of our shows. We pride ourselves on quality content, so wherever you find your podcasters, dealers, or behind the seal curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you just don't miss a thing. All right, so the Pittsburgh Steelers and Carolina Panthers are going to go toe-to-toe, and I said on Wednesday, forget the Panthers, and I started talking about the 2021 regular season expectations, and I still stand by those comments, but yet the Steelers are playing tonight, and so I want to make sure that everyone is prepared as best as they can. And so I decided in the first half of of this show, I wanted to talk about 10 players that the Pittsburgh Steelers fans should watch for in this fourth preseason game, week three, Carolina Panthers on the road. Who should the Steelers fan that's out there watching or listening, who should they be keeping an eye on? And you might be there thinking, well, Jeff, really, is this necessary? I think it is. And it's not easy either. Mike Tomlin already said that Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph are not going to play. He talked about other players like Najee Harris isn't going to play. I would assume that several other starters, uh, Chase Claypool probably won't play considering he's still probably nursing his way back on that low ankle injury. Juju Smith-Schuster probably won't play. On defense, I doubt Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward. We know that um, Stephon Tewitt and TJ Watt won't play, but there are still players to watch, and a lot of these players that I have listed – that why you why should you be watching them based on the fact that they're trying to make the team they're trying to win a camp battle they're trying to have a prominent or significant role on this 2021 53 man roster so we're going to break this down five offensive players five defensive players i'll give you honorable mention as well on both sides on players that hey you might want to keep an eye on this guy for this reason and whatnot so here we go. Let's start on the offensive side of the football. So I don't know why I always start on offense, but I do. Five players to watch on offense. I'm going to start off with Benny Snell Jr., number 24, running back. The reason why I have him on a player to watch is that he's finally healthy to play again. We haven't seen Benny Snell in the preseason. Uh, he's a player that a lot of people had high hopes for, thought that he was a good power option, uh, could definitely be a 
back up to Najee Harris. Some even thought that he could be trade bait, that maybe he's a player that could be, if a team loses a running back, would they be willing to trade for a Benny Snell? Well, that's not going to work out based on the fact that Benny Snell has been hurt all of training camp. So he is supposed to play against Carolina. He's probably going to get a lot of carries. I'm anxious to see what he has left in the tank. James Washington is number two on the list. Like I said earlier, I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to play. I I doubt that Deontay Johnson plays much, but a guy like James Washington is going to play. He might play just the first half, but he's going to play. When you talk about a disgruntled player, when you talk about a player who is kind of not happy with his current situation, then my goodness, you need to make sure that you take advantage of every opportunity, and he'll get plenty of those with Dwayne Haskins getting the start. So keep an eye on James Washington. And before I go any further, by the way, I compiled this list without using quarterbacks. So if you're like, well, Jeff, where's Dwayne Haskins? Like, I didn't put quarterbacks on here. We know that they're going to, he and Joshua Dobbs are going to be the quarterbacks uh, for this game. I felt like it wasn't necessary to bring him up. We're all going to be watching the quarterback position. Next, the offensive line. I have a gut feeling that the Steelers' starting offensive line, that's Zach Banner on the right all the way to Chooksakorafor on the left, is going to be playing. And I want to see them get maybe – it's, maybe it's only 10 snaps or one series or whatever. I want to see them get some good quality reps in together, all of them. Trey Turner, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, you name it, I want to see them all. I want to see them get good quality reps, good pass protection, good push up front. That's what I want to see. Let's go to the fourth player, Zach Gentry. Yes, Zach Gentry. I don't think Pat Fryermuth is going to play much, if at all. I don't think Eric Ebron's going to play much, if at all. That leaves Zach Gentry with a golden opportunity. He and, and Kevin Rader are really battling it out here for this third tight end spot. Could they keep four? They could. I doubt they will. But Zach Gentry, it he's been playing really well so far, and he hasn't gotten much of an opportunity. Why? Pat Fryermuth, Eric Ebron, that's probably why. He's going to get every look to really make a make the team, not just make the team, but say I could actually be a valuable member of the 53-man roster. I can block. I can also catch. Big game for him. I'm anxious to see what he can do. Anthony McFarland, another running back, number 26. I want to see if maybe we can see an explosive play. I don't care if it's a screen pass, a check down. Look at what Najee Harris did against the Detroit Lions last Saturday night. Little dump off. Wins his one-on-one matchup, makes a guy miss 46 yards later. I'd love to see that from Ant-Mac. Ant-Mac is explosive. We as fans just have not seen it yet. My goodness, just want to see it. Break one. That's all I want to see. Let's go to honorable mention for the offensive side of the ball. I had uh, Kalen Balage. He's going to be back in the lineup again. He looks like he could... Maybe it's between Snell and Balage for this roster spot at running back. I'm not sure, but... It's gonna that's gonna be something to watch for sure. Fryermuth, if he plays just because he seems to be an electric kind of person, you always want to keep your eye on him. And last, but certainly not least, Matthew Sexton, number 80, kick return, punt returner. Everyone, including Maddie Peverell in his War Room podcast, which I listened to Thursday on my way home from work, they're all saying like Matthew Sexton could win a job. Matthew Sexton, if he's going to win a job, he has to make some type of contribution as a receiver. I just don't think anyone in the NFL anymore is going to have someone on their roster who only returns kicks. Now, Matthew Sexton has been by far the best returner they've had this entire preseason, but my goodness, why in the world would they keep him if he can't catch passes or do anything else in the offense? Ray Ray McLeod, I thought he came on real strong last season, 
kind of tailed off at the end, but he was a part of the offense. He would run those sweeps. He would do some of the dirty work. And he's had some catches in the preseason even. If Matthew Sexton has any prayer of upsetting and unseating Ray-Ray McLeod, he's going to have to do something outside of kick and punt return duties. That's just my opinion. All right, let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. Five players to watch on the defensive side. I'm going to start off with Joe Schobert, number 45, inside linebacker. I said that a lot of players will probably get the night off. I don't think he's one of them. I don't think Devin Bush is one of them either. They might only play a few series, but I think that Joe Schobert is someone to keep your eye on his communication, his overall ability. I was stunned the other day when he did his uh, – he had a media availability. It wasn't, I don't think it was even postgame. But he talked about how in Jacksonville they don't tackle at all unless it's a preseason game. Maybe this is the new norm in the NFL, but I'll tell you what, the Pittsburgh Steelers do not abide by that rule. They tackle a lot. And I know several people have gone to training camp, whether it's at Heinz Field or whether it's at St. Vincent College, and said the Steelers are the most physical training camp that they've seen. So Joe Schobert, kind of get reacclimated here, brother. You got to get in there, number 45, keep an eye on him. Next, Justin Lane, my boy, Justin Lane, Lustin Jane, as we call him on the Steelers preview, after my our, our, our little Twitter beef that we had last season. But Justin Lane has been getting around the football. That is important. He's been making plays on the ball. He had a good interception at practice. It was one of the last ones at Heinz Field. Had an interception in Philadelphia. Was close to another pick against Detroit as I rewatched that game. If he continues in this path, and I, as much as I couldn't stand the guy last year for him coming at me on Twitter for just commenting on a play, if, the, if he could turn out to be a third-round quarterback cornerback that actually plays well and plays a lot, oh my, I'd be ecstatic. I would be ecstatic. But you know what? I think he has a ways to go, but he's going to get a lot of playing time. Let's see how he does. Let's also keep in mind with all these players, all of them, offense, defense, doesn't matter. The reports are is that Carolina are going to, they're going to play their starters, and they're going to play them. They, they might use this as their final dress rehearsal. So someone like Justin Lane, someone like you know Joe Schobert, even going back to the offensive side with the offensive line, they're going to be going up against starters. This is not going to be your typical last preseason finale, empty your benches type game. Keep that in mind. All right, the next, the third player to watch on defense, James Pierre, number 42, cornerback. He really showed out last season and had everyone thinking this guy is the diamond in the rough the Steelers have been needing at the cornerback position. But I just haven't seen all of that much of him this preseason. He hasn't been bad. But I can't say he's been great either. I would really love to see him look like he settles in, make a play or two, come up with the football, strip the ball. Everything coming out of training camp with him, and even going back to minicamp, was that he was just making play after play after play. I'd love to see that happen and start on Friday night. Next, Jameer Jones, outside linebacker. He and uh, Quincy Roche, I'll talk about him in the honorable mention. They are probably battling for one roster spot. Jameer Jones, he's going to have to show it both as an outside linebacker and as a special teamer. Any way you can make a splash play can help you make this roster. So Jameer Jones, number 44, who's a second-year guy out of Notre Dame, keep an eye out for him. Last five, number five on the list, is Arthur Millette, number 35, cornerback. He, with Antoine Brooks Jr. being released, talked about that on Wednesday on that podcast. With him being released, 
Millette is the main guy in the nickel. Now, he had an ankle injury. I'm not even sure if he's going to be playing Friday night, but if he's healthy enough, boy, do they need him out there. Not so much from a personnel standpoint, but they need to figure out what's going on with their secondary. It's just not really good right now. Does not look good at all. If Millette can play, which I hope he does, I think that would be a big deal. Honorable mention slash special teams. We'll go Trey Norwood, number 21 defensive back. Keep an eye out for him. He's going to be getting some looks at the nickel position this uh, week. See how he does. He was mainly playing safety the majority of training camp. Keith Butler, defensive coordinator, said he feels like Trey Norwood is going to be able to – he knows every position in the secondary. He's just They're giving him a shot at the nickel. He's the next guy up. They're literally throwing everything against the wall to see what will stick. And it's just like Trey, Trey Norwood is the last thing – the latest thing that they're going to throw against the wall. Presley Harvin the third, big press. I think he's done everything possible to win the job. He just has to have another good outing. Go out there, boom those 50-yarders, big fella, and pin them deep. And you do that, and guess what? Number six will be punting for the Steelers for a really long time. So if, as long as he holds the ball well for Chris Boswell, which he did that uh, against Detroit, did a great job, I think Presley Harvin, we might be celebrating. We might be celebrating. Keep that in mind. My ride-or-die crew, you know what I'm talking about. Last but not least, Quincy Roche is an honorable mention. Again, he and Jameer Jones battling it out. Who makes the team? Who doesn't? I don't know, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting to watch some of these camp battles break down. And by the way, a little teaser, we are going to be breaking down some of these camp battles, kind of like wrapping them up on the Steelers preview. So if you haven't if, if you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you check it out Uh That's myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis. All right, when I come back, you know what time it is, folks. It's Friday. That means it's Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark, or maybe it's Captain, or I'm sorry, Mr. Coach Captain Blue Checkmark. I'll explain that uh, when we bring Michael Beck on, our deputy editor, right after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Harbin, and joining me as always is, that's right, it's not just Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark anymore, it's Coach Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark. Michael Beck joins us. Michael, explain to the people out there why I'm calling you Coach all of a sudden. Oh my, as the weeks go on, this title is just going to keep growing and growing, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, to keep a long story short, I've accepted a coaching position at a Division II uh, school as an assistant offensive line coach, um, so I'll be helping old Simon Fraser University try to win a GNAC title, um, so just uh, adding to the resume and uh, helping out my alma mater. So you are the, what is it, Coach Morgan, right? Isn't that the assistant offensive line coach for the Steelers to Adrian Clem? Is that his name? What's yeah. his first name? Oh. It escapes me. 
<laughs> I want to say Craig, but I think that's a country artist. I don't think that's actually a football coach. <laughs> uh, maybe that's one I should know, considering uh, our yeah, that, so that's your job. On. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, watch out, Adrian Clem. Here comes Michael Beck. He's steaming up the uh, coaching rankings. But congratulations, Michael, uh, on that job. I'm sure it's cool to go back to your alma mater and coach. But we want to talk about the Steelers. So Friday night's game is a lot of people kind of view it as a dud. I think it's based on the fact that the Steelers still have four preseason games compared to everyone else's three. The Carolina Panthers are going to be playing some starters, but the Steelers probably are going to be resting the vast majority of them. I don't mean, we know no Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph's not even playing. Uh, we probably won't see Chase Claypool because of the ankle injury. They're just going to let him rest. Juju Smith-Schuster probably won't play much. I doubt we see Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, uh, Tyson Alulu. This is still an intriguing game for me, though, Michael, for a lot of reasons. These Some of these camp battles, it's coming down to the very end. Is there one in particular that you're looking at and saying, this is, this is a player, this is a battle, these two players? What is something to watch that you're looking forward to watching versus the Panthers on Friday night? Man, I'd love to tell you it's that punting battle because we, because I know how invested we're in it. But uh, that thing's over, man. <laughs> That's done. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. But uh, the spot that is certainly not over. It's probably more open than ever now that uh, Antoine Brooks was uh, released. Now on that uh, injured IR, uh, that nickel corner spot is still completely up in the air. And who knows if that guy's even on the roster? I know Jeffrey Benedict certainly doesn't think so. But uh, that nickel corner spot, whether or not that's Cam Sutton sliding down or James Conner, excuse me, James Conner, James Pierre (laughs) sliding down into that spot. uh, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, especially with the guys on the team. They don't really have the the physical types uh, that uh, the Steelers typically like. They don't really have that guy that's blitzing off the edge. Do they have to transition the defense completely uh, when they're in those sub packages to someone who's more coverage based? So all those things I'm looking for, not just the position battle, but how they play that position now that they're completely different skill sets than what they had last year. Not to mention Arthur Millette, who should have like first dibs at this job with Antoine Brooks Jr. being released on Tuesday. He's at an, he has an ankle injury. Mike Tomlin labeled him as day to day. We don't know if he's going to play. If he does, which I would think he'd be willing to run through a wall to play because my gosh, if you go out and play well, they might say it's your job for week one. We'll see. There's just not a lot of names that you think can slide into that nickel spot. And I I listened to Keith Butler's um, his media session the other day, and he was daggumming it and they can't run a dime because they don't have a daggum nickel. And it's the truth. I mean, if you don't have a nickel cornerback, how are you even going to talk about the dime? I don't know if Cam Sutton's that guy. I read Jeffrey Benedict's article that ran on Thursday and he certainly doesn't think that Cam Sutton is that guy. It, this is becoming a big deal for me, and I think you are as well, right? This is this is this corner position is. I, I'm leaning towards Michael Beckland in this one, and that is that they got to <laughs> find someone else somewhere, even if it's after cutdowns. Do you agree? Uh, well, absolutely, especially because how much money they freed up and like how good this defense is to, to have such a glaring hole. Would, would almost be a waste for the amount of talent they've been able to put together. Uh, like having a spot that you, you can attack over and over. We saw in that playoff game after Dupree, of course, uh, was out early in the season. Then Alex Highsmith busted up his ankle. You have uh, Cassius Marsh coming off the edge in that playoff game and Cleveland just abused it. And that's what it would be like uh, not having a guy that can play those sub packages. Teams are just going to attack that spot. I know that's what I'd game plan over. So just to, 
not having that guy really hurts. But I will say one of the nice things here is we know how uh, kind of open Keith Butler is, especially when it comes to team secrets. Anytime the Steelers uh, went out and got someone, it seemed this offseason, Keith Butler kind of spoiled that news a few weeks before it happened. So uh, maybe that streak continues here with uh, Keith Butler being upset with his talent at a specific spot and the Steelers actually get a deal done. Maybe we'll see another position that I'm actually anxious to see. I just don't know what to is running back. And now Najee Harris isn't going to play. Mike Tomlin said he's not playing. Thank goodness. You don't need to see any more of that kid. He'll be fine. But I want to Anthony McFarland's either even a player. I'm not even interested in seeing much of my gosh. Benny Snell jr. Is going to play. And I'm wondering how does his performance impact his position with the team? If he has one. So my question, Mike was, if, what does does Benny Snell have to go out and play well just to make the team? Does he have to outplay uh, Kalen Balaj on Friday night, or is this one of those things where because he was drafted, because Mike Tomlin likes him, he's got a spot regardless? What do you think this spot is for Benny Snell? This position heading into Friday night. Well, I, I will say if Benny Snell didn't play in this game, I, I would say he's getting the axe no matter what. Uh, and I, honestly, I feel like this should be a pretty tight race at this point, considering uh, how well uh, Ballage has played or Balage. <laughs> we'll figure out his name one day. If he <laughs> yeah, one day. But uh, yeah, those two guys should should be going head to head. Like, I, I hate to say it like a one game fourth preseason game battle determines the spot but that's kind of what we're sitting at looking right now and honestly if I was the coach I'd probably just rotate them drive by drive to figure out who that uh, third and final back is going to be uh really Snell hasn't been successful in the regular season especially last year so I I don't know if the if the team would be more willing to just give him the job back because that's kind of what's comfortable with them because he's a draft pick. But uh, I just have the feeling that this game is going to determine all when it comes to that final running back spot. How many do you think they keep three or four? Honestly, I think they keep three, especially the percentage of snaps that Najee Harris is going to receive. It almost makes that extra spot kind of, uh, kind of pointless having a fourth guy that's just never going to play unless they're a special teams demon. And we really haven't seen that from Balage or Snell or really anyone else behind them. So, um, of course, we still have that expanded practice roster. So if there is an injury, I, I say you, you keep a veteran on that uh, veteran practice squad uh, at that running back spot because we know how easy it is to get dinged up uh, playing running back. But to carry four at this point, I, I think it's kind of, uh, kind of ridiculous, especially given the fact uh, that uh, none of those guys play any specials. And what's the point of having a body that's just going to sit on the bench every single Sunday? Well, which brings up to the next position, you know, I look at tight end, and obviously you have Fryermuth, you have Ebron, those are locks. Most are saying there, there's going to be another body there. You think there's more value in someone like Zach Gentry who has transformed his body? He's done a good job. I mean, you watch him on the field. He's not getting pushed around. He looks like an actual tight end. I don't think he has bad hands either. You have Kevin Rader. He's a two-way blocker. And then you even throw in someone like a Trey Edmonds. And I don't think he's a tight end but I think he's in the conversation because he's like an H back and those H backs can do a lot of tight end type things. How do you think the Steelers handle the tight ends position? Do they keep three? Do they keep just two? Is Edmonds even a possibility? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, they're definitely keeping three. Um, I, I believe they did last year as well, but uh, three bodies will be around. I really like both Raider and Gentry. Like I'll be sad uh, regardless who's cut because that's a talented dude. Um, 
you hope they end up back on the practice squad so you can have them on their team. But uh, both those guys have had such a good offseason and preseason specifically. One of those guys will get a job elsewhere. But I do foresee three tight ends making this team and uh, all of them being used. The Edmonds thing is interesting. I, I know Jeffrey Benedict, his prediction was uh, three running backs, but then two fullbacks uh, with Edmonds also making the teams because of his special teams ability and being an H-back along with Derek Watt. That seems like it might be a little much, but uh, if it was me, I, I'd probably go the three running backs, three tight ends, and maybe uh, add in an extra receiver that, than they did a year ago and, and perhaps get a an Anthony Johnson or a, a Rico Bussy or whoever in that extra receiving spot rather than carrying that an extra running back. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here for these next two questions. I want you to give me one offensive player and one defensive player that is going to be a surprise cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers on Tuesday when they have to get their roster from 80 to 53. We won't talk again until next Friday. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Now I know you have to look that that's pretty far down the road in football terms. They still have a fourth preseason game to play, but if you were to think, and this is barring injury, who's a surprise cut on offense and on defense. Starting off on offense, there really isn't any starters that are going to get cut. Like any of those projected guys. I just cannot see that happening. Uh, When it comes to backups, like there really isn't too many surprise candidates. However, Joe Haig, of course, being signed this off season, uh, it would be a surprise because he just signed a contract a couple weeks ago. Of course, he does also affect the compensatory formula. And we know how Dan Moore has kind of developed over the course of, what, three months and has really transformed himself to a spot where he might be the sw- swing tackle. So I'll go with Joe Haig on offense. Defense is also pretty tough uh, considering the depth of this team and where uh, where the bodies are going to get the, the ax, uh, so to say. Uh, Ulysses Gilbert III really wouldn't be much of a surprise cut at this point, but uh, we know someone on the defensive line is going to get cut. There's no way they're carrying eight. And most years they only carry six. They have eight legitimate NFL bodies. I think Isaiah Bugs on the D-line is, is the guy that uh, gets the snips. Uh, outside of that, there really isn't too many surprising names, especially because of the lack of depth now at corner. And, of course, that lack of depth also at safety. Um, so I'd go with Isaiah Bugs in the middle. The outside guy, it, it's still going to be Cassius Marsh if I'm making that decision. Uh, inside linebacker, I feel like Marcus Allen still makes his team. But uh, uh, to, to give you more than one name on defense, I'll give you uh, Bugs. Um, Cassius Marsh, and then Marcus Allen. I'll give you a name on offense. I'll give you a name, BJ Finney. Mm. I, just, I just think he, he has gotten, as far as I know, Michael, you correct me if I'm wrong, he's gotten zero snaps at center this preseason, or at least I haven't seen it. Right. So Hassenauer's been playing. Right. So it's you figure Hassenauer is locked at the backup, and then you're thinking, okay, now Finney's now on the guard discussion. Does he is he better than Coward at guard? Like these are questions that if he's not, why keep him? Hey, unless you're looking for that triple depth at center, which maybe they do, that would be a surprise. That's why I put him in that category of surprise. All right, Michael, before I let you go, I want some crazy prediction. Last week you said Haskins would throw four touchdowns. He did not. You were wrong. <laughs> so what is a crazy prediction for Friday night in Charlotte? Uh, but hey, it's it's the finale. It's always the Steelers and Panthers. What do you got? Ooh, okay. Back on the spot for the prediction. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the football. Let's go with Trey Norwood pulling in two interceptions. Trey Norwood going for two. What do you think about him getting spots, shots at the nickel? I, I did not to extend this a little bit longer, but I'm just curious. <laughs> you bring up his name. What do you think about that base? Obviously, Trey Norwood, I thought he was just a safety. I know, hey, 
Mike Tomlin announced the pick during the draft and said he's a uh, Swiss Army knife. I get it. He can play all the positions. He did that at Oklahoma. But is this guy physical enough to play the nickel? Like, what do you think about that? If he's the nickel corner, uh, I'd say Keith Butler's changing this defense. Uh, like a traditional nickel, you're not uh, typically coming off the edge. The Steelers kind of revolutionized that. But uh, it would be definitely more of a coverage type thing and having pressure come from elsewhere. Uh, it wouldn't be the same defense you normally saw in the sub packages. So can he do it? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he did at Oklahoma. He, he moved all over the field. And I know he was a, a turnover forcing machine, especially last season. So could it work? Yes, but it would absolutely be different across the board. And I mean, you are you buying into the, the sub package by committee type thing where let's say if they're you know, throwing a, a light nickel, we'll call it the light nickel, uh, then Trey Norwood would be out there because he's better in coverage. If it's a, you know, more of a run-stopping nickel, then they're going to put out a an Arthur Millette or even a Marcus Allen as someone that they're going to throw out. Do you, do you see that working? Because personally, I don't. I think that is a cluster F waiting to happen. It's only going to take one intelligent offensive coordinator to say, we're going to come out in this personnel, they're going to respond with this, and we're going to run right at that guy. Do you think that's even an option in the National Football League? Uh, honestly, I do not. Like that would be a very college kind of thing to do, but with the amount of talent there is in the NFL, um, you saw what the Chargers did to the Steelers. And what going back four years ago now, they'd have uh, Keenan Allen motion them out to the other side and have a one-on-one matchup with Vince Williams, and then he what? abused us all game long. Yeah, like it, that. That would be the same situation. You, you just look for the mis- mismatch. Uh, you have the bodies you want on the field, and then all you got to do is uh, shift your, your offense. And all of a sudden, you've created a mismatch that's just going to get attacked. So like we uh, really kind of started this uh, this little uh, bit off with, I think they definitely kind of have to go out and get someone that can do either a little bit of both or just a complete upgrade at that spot. Right when I had gotten the Keenan Allen versus John Bostick out wide, out of my mind, you have to bring that back up. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Hey, Michael, I'm going to let you go. Go back and uh, yell at some players. Tell them they stink, that they need to be better. Go get them doing some squats and all that good stuff. Thanks for your time, Michael. Enjoy the game. I'll be talking to you. Oh, my pleasure. Looking forward to it, Jeff. All right. Take it easy. See ya. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I want to thank... Michael Beck for taking the time, as he always does every Friday, to join us on this show. It's a lot of fun talking with Michael about Lord knows what and everything that's going on. But um, nonetheless, I want to finish up, as I do every Friday, with a heart-to-heart. And this this heart-to-heart is, is a little different. It's a little different, and that's okay. And it's about football IQ. No, not for the players. We hear that all the time, like with the draft and, and draft prep and things like that. It's about the fans, it's never too late, and you're never too old to stop learning about the game. I think this is important for a lot of people. You know, when you're having conversations, or even when you're watching the game, the more that you know about the game, the better. This does not mean you have to be a football junkie. It does not mean you have to watch all 22 tape. It does not mean that you have to dive deep into the analytics of the game. I'm not suggesting any of that. But I was one of the articles, or one of the types of articles that I do a lot of at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is I take the quotes, which are provided from the Steelers Public Relations Department, and I then write articles based on quotes from whether it's Mike Tomlin or Matt Canada, or in this case, Keith Butler, defensive coordinator. And he was talking about the nickel defensive sub package that the Steelers love to run. And that's the spot where the nickel backer, the slot cornerback, used to be Mike Hilton. And he was talking about the struggle the Steelers have had at the nickel, and he was then asked about the dime, and that's where they throw an extra defensive back out there. And he is one of those 
coaches, it's not going to hold back. He says, well, shoot, if we can't get a nickel, how are we going to have a dime? And a lot of people might hear that and laugh and chuckle because he's got that old country boy accent. But ultimately, you learn about the fact that the Steelers can't have a dime defensive package if they don't have a nickel because you can't throw another just defensive back out there when you don't have the one that's supposed to solidify the slot. And you learn so much about it by reading these quotes and and reading these uh, transcripts and watching the videos. But even outside of the, the transcripts, which not everyone's privy to those, like Jeffrey Benedict, I talked about this on his Cutting Room Floor podcast from last week where he talked about the inside linebackers and how it looked like everyone was getting shredded, whether it's Robert Spillane, Devin Bush. And he goes, well, the reason why is that Minka Fitzpatrick isn't out there. That when Minka Fitzpatrick is out there, they put a an inside linebacker on an island. It's Minka Fitzpatrick who's behind them taking the deep half of that field. So they can let that player run deep knowing that Minka's back there, but he's not back there. And so I'm learning something. That's what I'm trying to get to, folks, is that you can you can gain some intelligence from not just paying attention to the Steelers, but paying attention to our platform. We're here to try to help people understand why things happen the way they do, whether it's Kevin Smith's breakdowns, Dave Schofield's salary cap updates. He breaks it down into every single way. So when, when you're talking with someone and they say, oh, well, the Steelers have this much money, you, you're smart enough and intelligent enough to say, well, technically, they don't because of deferments and the rule of 51 and all of that stuff that goes into it. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I hope that you all are learning something. I'm not perfect. I don't know everything there is to know. I will defer to Jeffrey Benedict and Kevin Smith and even Dave Schofield and even to Michael Beck when it comes to X's and O's about the game of football. That's just not my forte. I don't even know what my forte is, come to think of it. I guess it's just being a loudmouth that has a show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But nonetheless, you're never it's never too late to learn a little bit about football. And I hope that we at Behind the Seal Curtain are helping out in some way, shape, or form. All right, folks, that does it for me. I hope you enjoy the game tonight. I will be back with Dave and Brian to talk about the game afterwards, the post-game press conference. Not post-game press conference, but the post-game podcast. So make sure you check us out there. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And as we always say to finish it out here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday doing some predictions. All right, folks, have a good one. Go Steelers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.